You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. If this is your first time listening in, I am your host, Isaac Watson, and I am so glad that we are in the final week of 2020, the last week of 2020, and we have a an amazing year to look forward to. So I am glad about that. Um, do me a favor. If you have been listening um, to this uh, to this podcast uh, and you've not yet subscribed or you have not yet uh, rated Church Talk with Isaac or written a review, do me a favor and do those three things. Subscribe, leave a review and uh, rate Church Talk with Isaac. Let me know if it not only encourages me, but it also if this is your first time listening, it also allows um, people who are looking uh, for podcasts such as this one, Christian podcast that that deals with a variety of of, of church topics or Christian topics, um, uh, it allows this one to become more visible uh, for them. So I want to encourage you. Don't let the year go out without rating it and uh, uh, leaving a review. And I also want to be able to read your reviews as well um, on the air. So uh, I love you all so very much. And I thank you for all of the support that I've received um, thus far. Uh, those of you who um, who support uh, not only just Church Talk with Isaac, but Isaac Watson Ministries. Um, listen, I've been I've been uh, podcasting now uh, for for close to a year. And I'm going to do something special. I'm, I'm, I have some ideas of what I want to do, but I do want to do something special when we come upon the year mark about mid-January or so. Um, but it's amazing. I've released over 50 episodes already. And uh, if you have not listened to them, I encourage you binge listen. I, I don't even know if that's a thing, but uh, go back and listen to <laughs> To, to to all of the previous episodes or just kind of skim through them and find episodes that you may um, that you may uh, 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 find uh, to be appealing to you and um, hopefully it blesses you. I want to um, today's episode. Well, well, let me say this. If you haven't listened to last week's episode, I want to encourage you to go back and listen to last week's episode. We dealt with to tithe or not to tithe. And we dealt with um, on a on a very practical foundational level. We dealt with the principle of the tithe. All right. So I don't want to go too far into that. But I received a request this week based off of last week's teaching, um, last week's episode and conversation. And um, this individual they sent me this. They said that they loved today's podcast. Of course, that was uh, last week. They loved today's podcast. And they asked, could I talk about sowing into people who have prophesied accurately to uh, to you? And they asked, is that biblical? If a, if, if a prophecy comes to pass, should we go back and sow into that person that prophesied to you? I've heard pastors say we should sow into a preached word. And I see people on Facebook in incentivizing people to sow by only prophesying to people who sow into their ministries. Um, I think this is a big deal. Uh, I think this is a, a, uh, a great conversation. And I want to just give you my thoughts and some some input on my end. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to answer your question. And then I want to kind of give some support as to why I answered the way I answered. All right. So the first part of your question is, 
Um, could I talk about sowing in the people who've prophesied accurately to you? Is that biblical? I want to say this. I believe that it is a biblical principle to sow um, financially or any other way into people uh, who have prophesied to you accurately when you are led to do so. Um, now, sometimes being led is a matter of belief. It's a matter of principle. It's a matter uh, sometimes even of knowledge or um, what 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 uh, the way that you understand, um, you know, uh, the Bible or understand this this principle to work. Um, personally, for me, if someone ministers strongly in my life uh, and it's something that that changes the trajectory of my life or um, gives me. Uh, um, uh, uh, breaks me through in a particular area. Um, I am I am prone to to sow into that individual. I, uh, I don't always sow into everyone who's ever given me a prophetic word, but there are moments that I believe are divine moments. Especially, well, let me also say this: just not pertaining to prophecies, but when people have played an influential part of your life, um, I believe that there are times where you should commit to sowing into their life. Uh, and, uh, I want to, I want to now, now that's the found, that's foundationally what I'm going to say. I do understand that you do have people that manipulate and that monetize the gospel and, uh, people that are in it for the gain and people that misuse scriptures and so forth and so on. Um, but I want to, I want to address what I believe and why I believe, um, you should have a heart, um, to sow that you should make that a principle of your life. To sow into people who have ministered to you, whether prophesied accurately to you um, or maybe even have taught something or preached something or or maybe um, have have performed something that ultimately um, blessed you. Uh, I believe in the power of sowing into those types of things. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 20, it says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall prosper. And also, if you look at Matthew chapter 10, verse 41, it says, he who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. I believe that these uh, are very important scriptures when we're dealing uh, with the principle of sowing um, uh, into the prophetic or sowing into uh, righteous men um, men who have um, and women uh, who have created a, a space for you to grow, space for you to learn, space for you to, to hear God by way of the prophetic word. And the principle is this. Um, receive them. Receive the prophet. Receive. And, and by receiving the prophet, you receive the prophet's reward. The principle is this. When you receive, your heart should be also to give. When you receive your heart's posture should be to give. When we give, we don't give um, into people. Now, I dealt last week with sowing into the church and tithing uh, into the church and all those things. But today we're dealing with sowing into individuals. When you when you sow into an individual, you don't do it out of necessity. Um, you don't you don't you don't do it uh, because you're being pressured to do it. You don't do it because you feel like you're not going to be blessed. 
if you don't do it, you do it simply out of appreciation, gratitude and honor based upon what you have received from them. Now, let me let me give you a, a couple principles, a couple scriptural principles um, that goes into this. First Corinthians chapter nine says, whoever goes, whoever goes to war at his own expense, who plants a vineyard and does not eat of its fruit or who tends a flock and does not drink of the milk uh, of the flock. Uh, verse eight. Do I say these things to a mere man or does not the law say the same also for it's written in the law of Moses? You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about or does he say it all together for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt. This is written that he who plows should plow in hope and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things, this is a principle. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? If others are partakers of this right over you, are we not even more? So literally what this is saying is if I have plowed, if I have sown spiritual things. Now, in this case, we're, we, we can talk about the prophetic. We can talk about revelation, teaching, so forth and so on, where people are able to reap or they're able to receive or eat um, from these things. And Paul is saying, look, if I've sown spiritual things to you, is it a hard matter? Is it too much to ask that I'm able to reap um, material things from you? Or in other words, um, what Paul is saying, uh, well, let me give you some context. They were they were pretty much accusing Paul uh, of, of selfish gain. And pretty much Paul was saying, look, I don't necessarily need anything from you. Um, however, if I did take anything from you, uh, or receive any any gifts from you or, or monetary uh, uh, gifts from you. He's saying, look, I, I, I'm actually a worker and I wouldn't be shortchanging myself by doing that. I would not be uh, out of line if I if I did do that. As a matter of fact, um, because I'm the one plowing, I have the right and you are my field. This is the thing. We're not talking about physical fields and literal uh, um, you know, gardens and, and, and all those different types of things. He's literally talking about people as the field of God. If I've, if I've spent time investing into you, in other words, if I've spent time and I've ministered to you, if I've cast your devils out, if I've counseled you, if I have prophesied to you or imparted into you and you have been benefiting from my labor, from my work, uh, even from my revelation, it's not a hard thing for me to be supplied of your natural things, of your resources, of your money, of your home, of your care. And I think sometimes when we when we think about these things, it can be absurd because typically the people that say all oh, the pastor, you know, the pastor just wants your money. And I did a podcast episode on that as well. And I encourage you to go back and listen to it. Or um, I've had conversations with people and they're like, well, you know, they don't they don't need that. They should be broke. They should be poor. X, Y and Z. The fact of the matter is that because uh, spiritual leaders take time in investing and laboring uh, with people, um, they have the right to live by that labor that they've been laboring. Um, so it's actually a, a new covenant principle 
uh, because you just heard me read it. First Timothy chapter five says, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. The same concept, people who labor in the word um, uh, uh, and in doctrine. Um, Paul is telling Timothy they are worthy of double honor and, uh, uh, and and one of the extensions of that double honor is that um, they are not muzzled while they're working and the fact that that as a laborer as a worker they are worthy of the wages that they are to receive from the people that they are sowing into so that's on the end of the individual the leader the spiritual leader um, who who is to receive um, from the people um, that they are pouring into now, the paradigm from the one who is receiving the prophecy, I believe that it, it's twofold. Now, I'm going to give you these and then how much time I got? Uh, about eight minutes. OK, so I'm going to give you these and then we'll see what happens. Ho hopefully I close within the next eight minutes. All right. So Genesis chapter 14. Let's look at the principle of Melchizedek. Um, the two principles are these. Um, the first principle that we're going to look at in Melchizedek is the principle of the blessing. All right. Uh, typical, uh, pretty much what happened in Genesis chapter 14 is Melchizedek, who was uh, the king and also priest of Salem. Melchizedek came and he blessed Abraham. Listen to the language. He blessed Abraham. He, he declared a blessing over Abraham. He declared a blessing over the God of Abraham. He came, he broke bread, uh, with him. He gave, you know, with, 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 uh, with bread and wine and he blessed him as a byproduct or in response to the blessing of Melchizedek. Abraham tithed uh, a tithe of all, um, but he tithed. Check this out. After receiving the blessing from Melchizedek, what does this principle say? Melchizedek was a man. That blessing could be a blessing of simply a laying on of hands. It could be a blessing of declaration. And that's what we see with Melchizedek. Melchizedek, uh, he, he, he blessed uh, uh, Abraham with the blessing of declaration. Blessing, uh, uh, blessed be Abraham. Blessed be the God of Abraham. Um, and as a response, not because of obligation, but from a place of gratitude, from a place of honor, and from a place of faith and appreciation, Abraham tithed a tenth of all to Melchizedek. In other words, Abraham sold a seed into Melchizedek in response to the blessing and the declaration of Abraham, excuse me, of Melchizedek. I believe that the same can be applied to when um, you receive a, a blessing from men and women of God who may speak over your life, who may declare certain things over your life, who may prophesy certain things over your life or may um, do certain things that breaks you through in certain areas of your life. I think that an appropriate response, it doesn't necessarily have to be because if it's not done in faith. Um, then I don't believe that there's any true reward, but, uh, I believe that, that we should begin to posture our hearts. And when we receive a blessing from men and women of God, that we position ourselves to want to sow into that revelation, that blessing, that ground as a sign of appreciation. Um, the, the second thing is if you look at first Samuel chapter nine, verse five, I'm going to read this story because this, um, the first principle was a principle of sowing in response to the blessing. Um, the second principle will be a principle of sowing, um, um, uh, in, 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 uh, how, how can I say this in hopes 
of receiving uh, something from a man or woman of God who is trusted by God, a righteous man, a righteous woman. So first Samuel chapter nine, verse five, it says, when they had come to the land of Zuth, Saul said to his servant who was with him, come, let us return, lest my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. Verse six. And he said to him, look, now there is in this city a man of God and he is he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. Verse seven. And Saul said to his servant, but look, if we go, what shall we bring the man? For the bread in our vessels is all gone and there is no present to present to the man of God. What do we have? And the servant answered Saul again and said, look, I have here at hand uh, one fourth of a shekel of silver. I will give that to the man of God and tell us uh, uh, I will give that to the man of God to tell us our way. Now, this principle is a principle of sowing into a man or woman because you identify them as being an honorable man. So there's a principle actually in scripture where, where you can sow into someone as a as a form of honor you can sow into them because of maybe their reputation because of what they may present uh and again remember if you receive a prophet or a righteous man in the name of a prophet or righteous man you receive um you receive their reward so i believe that one of the ways to receive the reward of the man or the woman of god is by sowing into them i've sown into people personally because because um, I desired an impartation of what rested upon their life. The type of seed that you sow would determine the type of harvest that you receive. And I'm not talking about the money. All right. I am talking about the way that you appropriate your faith. Where are you positioning your faith? What are you looking to receive? What are you looking um, to gain or receive by way of impartation? Um, I believe that if you are looking to have a business that is producing six or seven figures one of the greatest things you can do is sow a seed into that business because you are expecting the same type of harvest that they are that that they are producing if you're receiving uh if if you're looking to have a, a particular type of ministry and you're looking to see fruitfulness from that ministry the greatest thing you can do is is sow into a ministry that is producing the same type of fruit that you're looking for if you're looking to move in in levels of revelation and truth the greatest thing you can do is sow into revelation um uh the type of revelation that is producing the type of harvest that you're looking to see the seed is very powerful and it is a principle that i believe um should be something that we live according to sowing into men sowing into women just not the organizations but literally their their personal lives now let's deal with let's deal with the other end of this because again uh, I believe that some people take these principles and they use them out of context and they begin to use them for selfish gain. I don't believe that the gospel is a gospel um, that 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 should be used and looked at as a money maker, as a money, t- you know, as a as a as a as a monetizing uh, machine. I believe that that the gospel is free. I believe that one of the things that we have to begin to do is teach people the principles of generosity. And I believe as people learn the principles of generosity and get those principles in their heart, um, uh, honestly, uh, we'll begin to see less manipulation. Uh, now, to the men and women who manipulate, I believe that it's it's absolutely wrong to manipulate people. It's absolutely wrong to say, hey, I'm going to give you a prophetic word if you sow this amount of money. 
um, into me. I believe that's wrong because you're monetizing prophecy. You're monopolizing the voice of God. And uh, now if if I don't be, now let me say I don't believe there's anything wrong with you saying, hey, if you want to sow, if you feel led to sow, come, you know, go ahead and sow. I believe it's wrong when you when you guilt people into sowing, when you make people feel like they're outside of the will of God, if they do not sow into you and 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 you literally monopolize and manipulate them uh, into giving into you by saying, hey, I'm only going to prophesy or I'm only going to do such and such if you sow X amount of seed or uh, if you if you if you want a blessing on your life, so so a thousand dollars into my ministry. I believe that those things can be forms of manipulation. I do not agree with those forms uh, uh, of ministry. I believe that it's easy. You know, the Bible says in us uh, in uh, in Second Timothy, the Bible says that um, that the love of money is a root to all evil. I believe that it's one of the roots that leads people astray. It's one of the roots that leads people into disarray. It leads people uh, away from the truth of the gospel. And now they're, 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 they, you know, true teachers have become false teachers because they've allowed themselves to be uh, wrapped up in the gain of money. So I believe, you know, I, I've, I've also seen where, um, where people on Facebook, People on Facebook manipulate others to sow into them um, um, by saying, hey, I'm going to prophesy to you if you sow into me or I'm only going to prophesy to people that's partnering with me financially. I believe that is a monopolization. I believe that it's wrong. Um, I believe that you should not even honestly follow people that do those types of things. And they always got to have a cash app up. They always have to, uh, you know, say something about money and 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 impose impose your level of prosperity based upon whether or not you're sowing into them. That is monopolization. That is that is ultimately um, manipulation. And I do not believe that that is right. I do, however, believe that if you have men and women who are who have integrity, who walk in integrity, the word of the Lord in their mouth is true. They are honest. They are they are hard workers. They are laborers. Um, I, I do believe that you should have a heart posture to sow into these types of people. It's biblical as, as we as we explored. Um, I believe that it's a new covenant principle of generosity that is that is um, um, that is applied there as well as a principle of faith and sowing and reaping. I believe that when you sow in faith, um, I believe that God responds. There's been times that we've sown me and my wife, we've sown into particular areas and by our seed, God has opened up doors. I remember um, uh, the first house that we bought. I remember um, it was being uh, our process was being held up. If you ever bought a house, you know how sometimes that process can be a bit tedious. Um, um, but I, but but uh, there was a time when we sowed a seed. It was it was a it was a substantial seed and we sold it and i believe that same week what was what was held up was unlocked because one of the things that we did when we sold that seed is is we applied that seed in a particular direction and we said god we're looking for such and such to open up and that same week 
um, uh, the house, our first house opened up and we were able to close on that home. And I believe I, I accredit that breakthrough to the power of the seed, applying our faith in a particular direction and sowing into, uh, we sowed into a ministry, but I believe we could have sowed into a man or a woman, uh, and, and we would have got the same result. So, um, uh, I believe in the power of the seed. Um, I want to encourage you if you're listening, uh, even if it's not something that, you know, e- even if this is something that may be foreign to you, I want you to allow God to adjust your paradigm. I want you to allow God to speak to you concerning um, your level of where you're sowing. And I believe there are times I'm going to close. But I believe that there are times where God will challenge your faith by challenging your seed. Um, there are times where we become so comfortable in what we sow that it's not even a sacrifice anymore into people's lives, into ministries, uh, unto the church, whatever the case may be. And we're just so used. This is just what I do every, every week or every month or whenever I, I, I sow. And it's not even a challenge. And I want to, I believe that whenever God is trying to stretch and increase your faith, one of the things that will also increase, well, let me say this, your sacrifice will increase. And within that, um, I believe that your seed will also increase where God will challenge you what you sow, even financially, um, not because he needs more money, but because it produces a heart of sacrifice in and through you. And it's it's through the heart of sacrifice that God produces more faith. So, um, listen, I hope this broadcast brought some level of insight to you. Thank you to the individual that asked the question. I hope I was able to answer your question in a somewhat somewhat of a thorough way uh so listen i love y'all thank y'all for tuning in and i pray you all have a great week be blessed thank you for listening to church talk with isaac if you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast do me a favor and subscribe leave a review and share with your friends family and colleagues I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.